It's DTS-122, and it's a full show today, talking about PvP balance that seems like the community wants some more emphasis on primary weapons, and we have the full breakdown on the Activision Quarter 3 Investor Earnings Call. Destiny the Show. Welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, and joining me as always is my great co-host, Diddy. What's up, dude? Not much. A beautiful, rainy day today, recording, and I uh, got that challenge mode for Vosik under my belt, so only one more. I have no predictions for what uh, Axis is going to be. Yeah, you're just one step away, though, from getting that super sweet ornament and glowing red. Ooh, yes. <laughs> you're going to look like one of the bad guys from Metal Gear Solid Five. This week's show is pretty huge, and we don't have a lot of time to cover everything, so we're going to go into detail about Iron Banner this week. Everybody's getting clever dragons. Oh, PvP is going to be pretty fun, right, man? (laughs) Yeah, they have the machine gun as well for sale. Primary weapons are maybe wanting a buff. Yeah, okay, the last month and a half, the PvP scene has been sort of reminiscing about year one, and we're going to talk about why some of the more influential PvP YouTubers and content creators are hoping for some balance changes that bring the game a little bit closer to a primary versus primary type of environment. And then finally, the Activision's uh, Activision Blizzard quarter three investor earnings call highlights. You don't want to miss it. Tons of information, not just about how gargantuous the company is getting, but Destiny 2 information, and also numbers about how successful microtransactions have been, and hint, They're never going away. They have earned Activision a boatload of money. So let's hop into it. First on the table is this week at Bungie. Diddy, what's our game mode for Iron Banner? Control, live now in the Crucible. Go get those clever dragons and go get that machine gun as well, because those are both for sale from Effort Eat. Is Control your favorite game mode for Iron Banner? Because for me, it is. It's the classic. Uh, yeah, I actually really like Clash. Um, just because I don't like... Uh, I, I'll, I play a lot of Iron Banner solo, so I don't like to rely on my teammates for objective control. Um, so that's why I prefer the Clash. But uh, Control is a very close second. Should be good. And if you guys are looking for teammates this week, shameless shelf promotion, head over to discord.me slash destiny the show. That's our podcast discord. We almost have a thousand members and we'll be pulling members of the chat together for LFG groups and playing Iron Banner together. It's a fun thing to do each month. And if you don't have anybody to play with, it's a pretty cool thing to do. Now, Diddy, you were totally right about there only being two challenge modes. It looks like Death Zamboni <laughs> is not getting one. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago I said Death Zamboni doesn't feel like a boss fight. That uh, is apparently the case because there are confirmed only two challenge modes for Wrath of the Machine, Vosik in the Phase 2 and Axis in Phase 2, uh, supposedly. So that's going to be this week. That is live in uh in your destiny game so go ahead and load it up get that challenge mode underway so death Zamboni is just really treated as a traversal rather than a formal boss yep exactly 
Next up, you found a great website that lets you find clips from anyone you've ever played with. What's the details on this? Yeah, so this is Guardian.Theater. It's Xbox only because it looks for Xbox DVR clips. But uh, the basic idea behind it is you put in your gamer tag and it searches for Xbox DVR clips of you of yourself and anyone you've ever played with. If they recorded a, like an Xbox record that clip of any game you ever played together. This was actually really cool. I spent most of my, uh, I think, Thursday morning at work looking, looking at uh, some clips uh, that people put together. And I was getting owned in a couple of them. They domed you. <laughs> and we got clipped on on last exit the first trials week I, the, the one i saw was you me and sassy and we all got three-pieced like yeah not a collab but he came in cleaned house double nade on you and i so <laughs> you know it's kind of cool if it's really if you're self-conscious about your play it's maybe not the best spot to go unless somebody's like oh i bumped into the great grenade master diddy <laughs> on the internet so yeah, pretty cool website. That's Guardian.Theater, and it is only for Xbox One players currently. If you guys know of a PlayStation alternative that does a similar thing, definitely tweet us at Destiny, the show. Now, in raid crazy news, Diddy, the insanity keeps going on. <laughs> it's funny you say insanity because I'm insanity, and it's travesty of the Legend himself clan have two-manned the entire heroic mode Wrath of the Machine raid. How? Titan and, and Hunter. That's My how you do it. My goodness. <laughs> do you know how long it took them? About an hour. Well, okay. The video on YouTube is about an hour long. I did notice yeah. there were some edits of, you know, took them a lot longer for Vosik Part 2. Axis was a little bit longer as well. But the whole thing put together back to back is about an hour long. PVE community deserves more highlights, man. I wish Bungie would put together like just the raid team commenting on some of these runs and strats to just hear the designers go, I had no idea this was possible. <laughs> I just want to get their take on it. It's like, well, I tried to make it so you couldn't do this. And look, they're still doing it, you know? Yeah, even like, the thing that sticks out to me was the, the Death Zamboni carrying those parts to rebuild it. That is just like, oh my goodness, two people did that. It's it blows my mind on heroic like we've known about the two man mm -hmm. normal by the way We're just commenting the heroic changes things just ups yeah, the difficulty that much man. The with, adds. The, with the tank <laughs> dropping down. They're like, okay, we yeah. gotta stop We have to kill the tank and then they continue on <laughs> That's impressive. That's very impressive inspiring to the point where you and I are gonna try and get a hard mode done right after this Not two man. However, we still need a full raid team <laughs> Okay, so the news that sparked some interest this week was a screenshot of Evil Otto and underneath his name on an Xbox Live, it was a screenshot, basically take it of a screen from Xbox website of Evil Otto's gamertag and underneath it, you know, it shows the activity, like what the person's playing and what they're doing. It read Destiny 2 Private Build and underneath it had the name of Deimos, which is a Mars moon, is it not? That is correct and it, uh has been confirmed from evil auto on twitter evil auto on twitter he said himself it's fake and that he was going back to sleep so yeah it has been confirmed to be fake but it got everybody's hopes up there are test builds that friends and family and people under non-disclosure agreements have access to however they don't show up in the activity browser mm -hmm. for your xbox live friends or activity like just just doesn't happen however this is an interesting thing that you and i wanted to take a moment and talk about even though it is like fake it's been confirmed fake 
the Deimos reference is something important that maybe our newer listeners, maybe people who have gotten into Destiny in the last year, don't really understand the significance of a cabal foreshadowing. Could you explore that and maybe explain it to them? Yeah, so in the first year of Destiny's life, there was a screenshot or a, a picture of uh, a presentation that somebody was giving from Bungie of Destiny's timeline. And, you know, it had the uh, the House of Wolves expansion on there as well. It had Dark Below as well. And it also mentioned a Cabal expansion in the future. Now, we haven't had a Cabal expansion yet in Destiny, so many believe that Cabal, maybe even the Cabal raid, or the theme of the Cabal, is coming in Destiny 2. And where would that be located? That would be most likely on Mars. And Deimos, being a moon of Mars, that kind of falls right in line um, to, to, that, to that path. And Deimos is actually, uh, it's one of the smaller uh, satellites of Mars, one of the smaller moons of Mars, but it can be seen in-game from Meridian Bay when you're patrolling mm-hmm. Mars. If you're in Meridian Bay, look up to the sky. You can see this moon. It, uh, so that's just some, uh, some theorizing for you there. And while this is fake, we are not far away from starting to get Destiny 2 breadcrumbs. If you were around during year one, you remember the data mining and the air quoting leaks about nuggets of knowledge. Bungie's pretty good about this, and a lot of game companies are these days, where air quoting leaks get out just shortly before <laughs> announcements. Now, PlayStation Experience is in December, and it always features some element of Destiny there. Last year, it was just showing off Sparrow Racing League, the large... Air quoting again, large <laughs> racing event that happened in December. But it, could we see maybe some screenshots, some teases, some allusions to Destiny 2 at PlayStation Experience? Who knows? But we will see it sometime next year. Yes, Destiny 2, again, has been confirmed multiple times by Activision in their earnings call. Destiny 2 is coming out in 2017. So mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time. Yep, they did mention Ooh. it's still on track. And uh, for those of you who say, well, Deimos, it was already mentioned in Destiny lore, that's why the, the leak was Deimos. Yes, we are aware of the inspect element tweak that you can do in a web browser. You can type in whatever words you want to make any screenshot say what you want. But I think it's uh, still pretty interesting that it could fall in line. Did you see the screenshot, Bill Gates playing Destiny 2, making memes or something, <laughs> yep, like memery? Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's fake. We're just musing on the fact that soon news of Destiny 2 is going to be here. It's going to be so exciting, man. It's going to be like year one all over again where we're discovering things. Ugh, pumped. So moving on to more PvP-centric things, a story that I've been following pretty closely the last month or so. PvP balance. A lot of the community content creators, streamers, and YouTubers have been expressing recently a desire to see primary weapons killing faster. There was an article that came out on Kotaku written by Kirk Hamilton called The Best and Worst of Destiny PvP. And Kirk went out and interviewed a lot of different uh, Destiny YouTubers and streamers like Triple Rec, Mr. Fruit, Dotto, Sir Demetrius, and asked them questions regarding the state of PvP balance right now. Asked them about the history of PvP weapons and popular metas. And across the board, a lot of the players have remarked about they miss elements of year one year one's balance and here's the reasoning there is yes thorn apocalypse which was the era between february and the taken king where thorn was extremely strong and the last word was extremely strong that era 
is looked on with mixed feelings. Some people hated the thorn, including, you know, a lot of us during the time. It was a frustrating gun. But the kill times of those weapons were fast, and they were consistent, and they didn't experience the level of ghost, ghost bullets that hand cannons do currently. This is a pretty complicated thing, but too long didn't read. Players want to see primary weapons being stronger and more consistent across the board so that they can reliably shut down people charging at them with shotguns, which currently are like the most consistent way of killing somebody. Yes, you have to close distance upon them, but you'll notice shotgun play statistically has gone through the roof on 2.4.1 for good reason. Primary weapons all operate within just their own little space, right? Hand cannons have been tweaked to the point where outside of low and mid-range, they do not hit reliably. Ghost bullets refers to bloom, which is a complicated way of saying the faster you fire, the less accuracy that your follow-up bullets will have. So, man, this thing is hard to talk about just because <laughs> I'm not taking a stance on either side. There's no mouthpiece. There's no singular person leading this movement. There's just a lot of different opinions floating around where year one, people miss consistently killing primary weapons. The best example I can use right now is Let's say there's a juggernaut shotgun player who's charging at you, and this is in current day PvP. He has to be a mile away for you to actually kill that jug shotgunner mm -hmm. before he reaches you. They can take a golden gun, can they not, Diddy? They can, yep. Yeah. Juggernaut shield can stop a golden gun, unless, unless you hit his toe, which is uh, very unlikely. So, essentially... The community members like Sir Demetrius and M. Tash want to see faster kill times for primary weapons that would encourage more primary versus primary play and less of the shotgun rushdown style that we see. That's the best way I can frame it, you guys, and anyone listening might have a different opinion because, like I said, there is no singular mouthpiece driving this conversation. What I can tell you is in December, we'll most likely get a PvP balance pass. That's when... You know, historically last year, we received one in December at the beginning of it that ended up nerfing Red Death, giving Mida multi-tool a bit of a push. There will be a PvP balance pass pretty soon, but I'm curious to know your thoughts. If you guys want to let us know, do you think Primary should see a buff? Tweet us at Destiny the Show. All right, Diddy, did I do an okay job skirting it? I feel like there's landmines everywhere when we talk about <laughs> PvP balance. I think so, yeah. We have to kind of tiptoe around all of the lava and all of those landmines it's yeah and i have my personal feelings about it because mm -hmm. i play pvp all the time like that's my main activity in destiny and i do miss the consistency of getting good with a weapon like thorn like if you landed your shot it's because you practiced and you aimed and you hit them whereas now if it's outside of a certain range and you aim it right and you fire well there's a chance that follow-up shot, follow shot might not hit mm -hmm. just because of the way the accuracy stat works. Yep, it's uh, introducing unreliability into into the environment. That's what's that's what the big problem is. And like you said, I think you said it perfectly. Rushing shotguns seem to be the most consistent way of getting a kill in the Crucible right now. It's it's reliable. It's very very reliable, and a lot of primaries don't have the stopping power to shut down like a jug mm -hmm. shotgunner who's exactly. going to bust right in there. So. And I was a person who complained heavily about Thornpocalypse, you guys. It was annoying getting two-shot. If you can remember this, Thorn two-shot people, if you hit two precision headshots, mm -hmm. <laughs> Hawkmoon could one-shot a person if you landed the ultimate, like, luck in the chamber proc on it. Yep, one-shot, exactly. guys. If all three bullets stacked, which is no longer possible, <laughs> 
it could one shot you. And the last word with its uh, three with its, shot with its glitch. Actually, it was glitch. If you aim down sight, it still uh, sometimes registered the extra precision damage, so that it did 100, 114 damage <laughs> per headshot sometimes. So that was, it just was a different time, man. <laughs> different time and place. We're not saying that we have a solution, but we are saying that there seems to be a bit of a problem right now, and how they tackle it, we don't know. It's not like shotguns other than like the higher rate of fire ones received a buff. Not a whole lot has changed with them in quite some time, yet their popularity has risen. Destiny's got crazy good mobility. You can close gaps really quickly. So I just hope the PvP balance team can do something significant because the December um, patch could be a make or break point for a lot of PvP players. It could be mm -hmm. something that brings back a lot of players who got tired. Or it could just sort of carry things on without rocking the boat too much. Yep, and it might not just it might just not include balancing the weapons. You know, there are some perks in the game that would allow or cater to that style of play as well. So those are most likely going to receive some adjustments as well. Totally. Why don't we move on, Diddy, to a question I received on my YouTube channel earlier this week, changing topics from PvP sort of over into the PvE realm. This comment came from ForestTB288, and he writes, My question is, will elemental primaries come back if the old raids are refreshed? Would they be replaced with a new set of weapons? So that's a great question. Do we want to see elemental primaries return? Diddy, the ball is all yours. Yes. <laughs> and I say that because it was so fun in in uh, PVE in, in year one. Uh, but if the raids are refreshed, I can see them not bringing back all of the original raid weapons. I think if yeah. they do drop, they would they would stay at that year one um, light level. You know, that 160, 170 attack. And... If it was refreshed into like revamped, kind of like some of the the taken strikes are now, then it would introduce a new set of weapons. I can see that happening, but I don't see a year three Fatebringer with the arc damage in the in the horizon. I I don't see that happening. Realistically, but you would want to like you would want to return to that year one where depending on the burn of the nightfall, we would put weapons on that. Fit, yeah. fit that bill and i think it would make sense if the raid weapons or even if it was just exotic primaries if they received some type of elemental damage to them they're very special they're very specialized in that aspect i think that would make some sense like uh, if ace of spades exotic hand cannon from um for hunters you know if that received void damage or solar damage it's because it's a exotic primary. That's what makes it special. Then it would make sense in that sphere. Totally. I want to see him return. I thought it was a very fun mechanic. I was disappointed when they got rid of it in year two. I see their standpoint, their argument of it pigeonholed people into playing consistently with just a singular weapon. Yeah, it was I would the almost go -to disagree though. Every situation. Yeah, but I remember using <laughs> a different weapon depending on the burn that week. You know? Yeah, but uh, they wanted to, I guess, diversify the number of yeah. primary weapons that you were going to use. So they didn't so want to. So let's make the, them the all average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give every single weapon an element. Just, yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. 
So before we move into the Activision Quarter 3 investor earnings call highlights, there was a great article you pointed out on Reddit this week for basically network junkies and nerds. If you want to learn a little bit more about packet loss and destiny and why sometimes that guy who's lagging so hard into the wall is invulnerable, then it's a really good article to read. You can check it out on our website, destinytheshow.com. So Diddy, the tick rate of destiny runs at 10. So basically 10 times a second. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... A tick rate is the number of times that the game refreshes with the server, and basically, and by I'm no by no means an expert in this, and I'm going to butcher this and paraphrase for the most of my explanation. But essentially, what's happening is if you take the two points that the your guardian syncs with the server, there are basically ten instances in between those two locations from point a to point b each second 10 ticks yes each second the game animates the guardian for you within that time frame but the server only recognizes points a and point b and nothing in between that's right this is why you trade melee kills all the time because even though you see you meleeed first but you trade anyways, the server doesn't recognize that little brief moment in time. It only says, oh, at point B, you were both dead. So that's a trade. And the server in this case is the host console because Destiny is Mm peer-to-peer. There are no dedicated servers. Dedicated servers could offer a huge opportunity for a more stable and optimal multiplayer Mm -hmm. uh, environment. And in order for Destiny to be taken serious competitively, we have to move in that direction. You know, Overwatch launched with a 20 tick for its um, basically public match-made stuff. For custom games, it was 60. Now all of Overwatch servers have been migrated to 60 tick. And there's a noticeable difference. It feels a little bit better. However, the higher the tick rate, if you're on a very low speed connection, a high latency connection, it can actually make it harder to play with. So anyway, the article's over there. Um, Before we move into the the call, did he anything else to... Talk about. Yeah, yeah. Two more things. I'm glad you said latency because one of the main points of this post is to break the the myth or define what latency and packet loss. The difference between those two and the importance in those two differences are detailed in the post, um, and why latency is not necessarily why they're lagging, but it's actually packet loss. If I'm speaking Greek to anybody, I would highly recommend going to read this post. And just to put it in perspective, the 30 FPS and 10 tick rate that Destiny is right now, it is ancient by current console FPS shooter games. Because like you said, Overwatch is currently at a 60 rate. And this is something that would have been limited by last generation hardware. You know, it's not something that they could have done on the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3. And I think that this is one of the things that we would absolutely see improved with a new engine in Destiny 2. Good stuff. All right, my favorite part about today, and we don't have a whole lot of time. So Activision every quarter does an investor's earnings call. Activision Blizzard is a publicly traded company. So they do this for their investors to talk a bunch of numbers so they can find out how my stocks or shares did and learn about what's coming up. So the investors basically are are comforted. And it's basically Activision pimping themselves out saying, this was a fantastic quarter and you are so awesome and you should totally invest my money with us because we're going to the moon and we're going to make you rich. And it's really fun because they give a a bunch of insight across the whole 
inner workings of their different games, numbers and data that you never get to see before. So let's just run through it. Overwatch in four months has over 20 million registered players, which it's the fastest new IP Blizzard's ever had to reach this mark. Okay, more so than Hearthstone. Overwatch is killing it. Uh, Basically, the consensus across the whole presentation was Activision Blizzard way outperformed their projected quarter three metrics. In quarter three, Blizzard had the highest monthly active users in history, up to 50% year over year. That's monthly active users. Uh, World of Warcraft Legion played a huge role in this. Legion sold 3.3 million copies on launch day, matching an all-time record achieved by previous expansions. And I think the subscriber count for World of Warcraft jumped back up to 10 million or 11 million, which is the, you know, the point that it reached with Warlords of Draenor. Anyway, Legion, the player base is very happy with. They've delivered a patch, a big content patch, super early, the fastest they've ever delivered a content patch after an expansion's expansion's launch. Blizzard's monthly active users has more than doubled from two years ago. Overwatch's wrecking face with almost 10 million Western players and 10 million Eastern players with huge popularity in Korea. It was like the number one played game in the PC bongs for two months straight there, which is huge. It dethroned League in the PC cafes (laughs) for a while. (laughs) Not anymore, but Hearthstone is doing fine. Um, And here's a quote. Activision also had record quarter three monthly active users driven by continued strength of Call of Duty and strong re-engagement in Destiny. Activision has increased monthly active users 18% over the last two years on the back of a more focused yet broadly appealing slate of content. And the reason I put that quote in there is because Destiny's expansions or the DLCs or Rise of Iron basically are viewed as engagement metrics. They're viewed not as a new game release as like a Destiny 2 would, but they're viewed in as a way to sustain engagement almost in the same way that in-game content is purchased. Um, Black Ops 3 is the best-selling current-gen game still. Rise of Iron, and I quote, addressed a passionate community eager for new content and drove an increase in monthly active users quarter over quarter, which is a way of saying Rise of Iron sold well and it increased the amount of daily players enjoying the game. And I will say before we move on here is the reason we're talking about Overwatch and World of Warcraft and Call of Duty is because they're all part of the same umbrella as Destiny. You know, Activision Blizzard, if they see that World of Warcraft re-engaged players with their new expansion by doing this, and it was hugely successful, we might see something like that implemented into Destiny because they're all going to learn from one another. They're all the same company. The company wants to make more money, and they're going to be like, oh, this was so successful. Let's try it over here. I'm and so glad you brought that up, dude. It's, That's exactly it. Because people could, you know, be listening to this and be like, I don't care about these games. But it's something that we want to keep track of in case we see something like that introduced into Destiny in the future. The World of Warcraft Q&A session that just happened at BlizzCon this last weekend, which is like the E3 for Blizzard, they actually said we have three different sizes of patches for World of Warcraft. 
we have a small, a medium, and a large. Three and the large scale, destiny. it's exactly that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when I heard it yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh. Because that's how they're delivering content faster. They said, guys, there's been times in the past where we've had to bundle up things and wait months to put small stuff in a bigger patch. But now we have three different sizes of patches, large, mid, and big. And the one that just came out is a mid-sized patch. We've got a small one coming out pretty soon. And then after that, a large one so that we can deliver you content faster Mm -hmm. and diablo 3 reaper of souls they brought in the guys who took that over to bungie to talk with them about the taken king so you're exactly right if people don't care about this they don't understand there's a lot of cross play between the two so i'll continue on activision and bungie are working on destiny 2 and i quote which should energize both destiny's passionate fan base and bring millions of new fans to the franchise next year so in other words i'll go for it Millions. I'm just saying, I'm emphasizing the word. They are expecting millions of new players to come to Destiny, which is Mm -hmm. interesting. Does that mean PC launch? Maybe so. Destiny 2 confirmed for 2017. They keep reiterating that and stating it. So don't expect any new DLCs prior to the sequel. This would have been the time in in this call to talk about that. So we're probably just getting a spring update. We're most likely not getting a DLC in the spring. We don't know when in 2017 it's going to launch. There were questions about that in the call, and they're tight-lipped. Activision is being very tight-lipped on all that stuff. Um, Blizzard has released the WoW Companion app, which has millions of users who are logging in four to five times a day. Their esports presence is growing really, really fast now that they own MLG. And this is a really cool thing. Game Battles, which is a tournament website that was owned by MLG, it's soon going to be integrated directly into Call of Duty Infinite Warfare for people to play ladders in-game. That is so cool because we're moving that way where the game itself is going to have tournaments built in. (laughs) With the introduction of private matches in Destiny, we could see something very similar, like I said earlier, in, uh, Mm -hmm. in Destiny in the future. They tested out or they mentioned the Destiny MLG exhibition event that happened and they're just using MLG now as a way to push esports. They're very focused on that. There's a game show for Candy Crush that's going to be coming out on CBS in the United States and distributed internationally. And then finally, guys, microtransactions made record-breaking amounts. Insane amounts, scary amounts. They're never, ever going away. In-game sales, which are basically microtransactions, generated almost $1 billion this quarter alone. Okay, are you scared? Yep. So, more ornaments, um, more uh, skins, more emotes coming to Destiny in the spring. <laughs> it's, it's never going away. <laughs> I'm going to quote here from the question and answer section of the presentation. It was somebody asking on what Activision Blizzard's focus is right now. Okay. And he says, great question. You hit on one of the hardest things in our business right now, which is really the prioritization of all the great opportunities we have in front of us. And first, I'd probably add one thing to your list, which is probably the biggest near term opportunity, which is additional in game content. As you've seen in our numbers, we've seen incredible growth in this area over the past several years, but we really think we're still only in the early stages here. And if we can do it right and not only drive additional player investment, it can also drive additional engagement as you deliver content to fans more frequently and consistently as we saw in quarter three. So this is really an enormous opportunity just based on the current engagement we have across our portfolio in-game purchases it's a huge focus of activision blizzard moving forward yep and i think now that we understand they're never going away we need to figure out how to um, 
improve the microtransactions, right? You know, it's the fact that we don't want the ability to purchase in-game gear that would benefit our guardians. We, we would we never don't want have a problem if it was solely cosmetic. Or but, content like more DLCs. We would pay for mm-hmm. raids. Yep, exactly. It's something like that. It, but it's the buying power, you know, mm-hmm. real yep. world money to buy that most powerful weapon in the game. That's something we never want to see. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'm going to read here as we wrap up, Brian Nowak from Morgan Stanley asks, I have a follow-up question. Destiny is obviously one of the bigger titles as we think about next year. Anything more you can talk about kind of on timing or digital aspects or innovation around the new Destiny, driving more user growth, engagement, or monetization? Thank you. And then Dennis Durkin from Activision replies. So as we mentioned, we're on track and really excited about what we think is going to be an awesome sequel for Destiny in 2017. No announcements today on timing just yet, but what I will say is that the sequel is designed to both excite our highly engaged current players, but to also broaden the appeal even further, bringing in new fans and bringing back lapsed fans as well. So that's our primary focus right now. And beyond that, I've mentioned that the incredible demand for Destiny content has somewhat outpaced our ability to deliver upon that demand. Going forward, Along with our partners at Bungie, we've put together what we believe is a very smart approach that will allow us to deliver that steady stream of great content to keep our players engaged and keep the universe live and growing in the wake of that sequel. So that means they are putting together a really well-organized content schedule that addresses content drought. Okay, and that's in the wake of Destiny 2. That means after Destiny 2. I don't think you're going to see anything radically changing with year three between now and then, guys. Yep. I would expect uh, something similar to year two in the fact that we're we're getting Sparrow Racing League. That's confirmed in December. Spring update, very similar to last year. And then Destiny 2 in the fall. I think Raid refresh. Very... We are seeing a raid refresh before then. Raid refresh. That would be awesome. And I really hope that it happens. But I think that's a realistic timeline for uh, future Destiny content moving into 2017. So even though the micros are a bit scary, I'm happy to know that they are actively addressing a problem that we expressed <laughs> voraciously during Destiny 1's lifespan, and that's content drought. I hope they deliver on it, but wow, what a chock-full show, dude. It's an exciting time to be a Destiny player, even though it looks like content drought may be on the horizon. Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. You can check us out on destinytheshow.com for all the links from today and more. Follow us on Twitter at destinytheshow. You can join our Discord at discord.me slash destinytheshow. You can follow me at bbkdragoon on both YouTube and Twitter. And check out our friends over at destinytracker.com, the best place in the Destiny universe to track your stats. Have a great week, guys. And oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about our secret announcement. Diddy, it's next week. Set your calendars, guys. We're doing something very cool early December with all of you. I'm just going to cruise it. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Thank you.